So, Dale, I don't know how much you know about therapy, but it usually starts by you telling me a little something about yourself. I thought there'd be couches and Kleenex and shit. Look at me, son. It's not your fault. Do you want to talk about some of those feelings? I love you. Obviously, you don't know me. So how's this supposed to work? You sit, I sit, we talk. Hi, I'm Dr. Sam. And I'm Dr. Fran. Welcome to Freudian Scripts. The podcast where we put your favorite TV shows and movies on the hypothetical couch and take a deeper dive into the way psychology is portrayed. We analyze the way therapy looks in entertainment, discuss the way psychological diagnoses are portrayed, and break down other psychological themes seen on our screens. As a reminder, Freudian Scripts is for informational and entertainment purposes only. Please consult your mental professional with any questions and seek care if needed. The content and clips in today's episode will contain explicit language and mature and adult themes. Welcome back, and thanks for joining us. We're bringing you Hulu's new show, The Patient. So, what can I help you with, Gene? I'm not content. I get angry. That's the sort of thing you help people with, right? Yes. I'm not normal. I need to get better. Anyone who has come this far, who has made the choice to come to therapy and keep hammering away at the hard things, they can be helped. But I have got bigger problems. I have a compulsion to kill people. So should I tell you more about my life? Successful therapy requires a safe environment without anything like fear hanging over every session. Ah! FX is the patient. The patient is a psychological thriller following therapist Alan Strauss, who's played by Steve Carell, who is captured and held prisoner by his patient, Sam Fortner, played by Domhnall Gleeson. After treating Sam for a couple of sessions, Dr. Strauss wakes up chained in Sam's basement. Sam tells him that he is a serial killer and orders Dr. Strauss to treat his homicidal tendencies. Dr. Strauss provides therapy to Sam, processing Sam's traumas in an attempt to stop him from murdering others, and also works to process his own history. I feel like this show, it was like new fear unlocked for a therapist of like something you don't (laughs) normally think about, but it's like, oh, if this happened, that would be really not cool. Would be super scary. And it reminded me of The Sixth Sense. I think that's one of the only other sessions we've had where something kind of scary happens to a psychiatrist or psychologist, obviously. (laughs) That's true. I mean, I think we think about like, you know, you could work with someone who maybe has stalking behaviors or could be threatening at times, but it is not common that you see a therapist get kidnapped by a serial killer who actually maybe wants help. We'll find out. And full disclosure, Dr. Fran and I, neither of us have been abducted by patients in the past, nor have we, nor could we disclose if we have treated serial killers as we will discuss today. So we are not particularly experts in this field, but we're excited to talk about the show today. And it portrays a lot of therapy between Sam and Dr. Alan Strauss. So we're excited to dive in. Yeah. And, you know, even from the trailer, like I was intrigued by this show because one, it's got really good actors um, that are well known for different types of roles. But then also from the trail, it's very intriguing. It's like, ooh, like what's going to happen here? How is this going to work? Is Dr. Strauss going to be successful in helping this patient not kill people? Um, But we kind of learn throughout the show a lot of more intricate details about both Sam and Dr. Strauss. I agree, Dr. Fran. And interestingly, when we very first started seeing trailers, Dr. Fran and I were texting each other both like immediately like, oh, we have to put this show on the couch. Oh, this is going to be great for the podcast. So, you know, a lot of therapy. It's suspenseful. There's a lot of mystery. There's definitely more going on here, more nuanced intricacies, um, as Dr. Fran mentioned. And, you know, I think there will be a lot to talk about. Yeah, it's interesting because I think this happens with a lot of TV shows and movies, but you end up getting kind of like the not a spoiler, but you kind of know what the story arc is going to be to some extent from the trailers because they want to reel you in and get you excited. And if they were like, oh, this is just about a guy and his therapist without the like (laughs) intrigue of him being kidnapped, then it's not as intriguing as a story for people to want to watch. So we know even from the trailer that Dr. Strauss ends up getting kidnapped by Sam. Uh, But of course, that's not how the show starts. The show starts with kind of some background of their initial sessions when he's not kidnapped Dr. Strauss yet. Yes, and so the show starts off with Sam, who is 
pretending to go by a different name like Gene and he goes to meet with Dr. Strauss and he's slowly revealing some details about um, having been abused by his father and how this has really caused a lot of difficulty for him and um, it seems like as we learn there's like a bit of a bit of deception here well a lot of deception right he's lying about his name he's lying about other factors um but he is slowly telling some truths that he also gets more into once they're in the basement doing quote-unquote therapy yeah a very different therapeutic environment than the like really nice office that dr strauss has like classic media depiction of a therapist office with like all the books and very true. even dr strauss himself i know we've joked about this trope before but he's like where's the glasses yes. and the cardigans and very soft-spoken <laughs> Yeah, all of those tropes definitely folded in. And Sam's character even tells Dr. Strauss like he found him because um, Dr. Strauss had published a couple of books that made Sam think like, oh, this man might be able to help me. Mm -hmm. So he goes there seeking Dr. Strauss for a particular set of expertise or really he has certain goals that he wants help working on that he doesn't really reveal to Dr. Strauss up front. Yeah, and even Dr. Strauss picks up that he's not revealing everything or that he's holding back a little bit. There's a line where he talks about, and I think this is actually a pretty common thing that we might even say if we're noticing, and it's not just serial killers who hold things back in therapy. Sometimes people just (laughs) aren't comfortable opening up for one reason or another. Um, So he kind of notes that and says, like, I noticed that, you know, we kind of talk about vague stuff or things that you enjoy, and we're not really kind of getting into the depth of it. And I'm wondering what's going on. And and I think for us to really work, I need you to kind of open up a little bit more and maybe talk about hard things. And Sam interestingly responds kind of like with a little bit of frustration. like Maybe I'm not cut out for this. Maybe I'm not good at therapy. And I think similarly, Dr. Fran, that's something that we can hear in therapy as well. Like I know we both work with like adolescents, young adults, even children. um, And sometimes they will say things like that. Like this is just too hard or, you know, it's not fun talking about this unpleasant stuff or maybe this isn't for me. Um, And I like that Dr. Strauss responds. Anyone who has come this far, who has made the choice to come to therapy and keep hammering away at the hard things, they can be helped. And so that's Dr. Strauss's initial thought in working with Sam. I wonder how he feels as their sessions progress. (laughs) But I, you know, joking aside, I do agree with that sentiment. Yeah, I wonder if he uh, takes that, if he regrets some of those statements later. (laughs) (laughs) Well, as we're alluding, the relationship definitely takes a turn um, when Dr. Strauss wakes up and he has been abducted by Sam. He finds himself in like, you know, It's a very retro looking basement and there's just really like a bed, a pitcher of water and like a little bowl to relieve himself, I imagine. Um, And he is chained like with his ankle to the floor. So he has a very limited range of movement. And let's listen to what happens when he discovers his new situation. For God's sakes, Gene, Gene. My name's, my name's actually Sam. It's important to eat. I'm not going to eat. Gene, Sam, you have to listen to me. I am listening. I am listening. I know how to listen. I understand this is upsetting for you. I get that. It's a little scary. But this is the only way that I could... I I need help. I want help. I'm asking you for for help. You said therapy can't work if I'm not truthful. I know that you're right, so... No, no, you don't understand. I don't I don't think you know what you're doing to me. I realize it might take you a little time to get used to what's happening here. Whatever is troubling you, we can address it, but not here, not like this. Dr. Strauss, I have much bigger problems than your other patients. I have a compulsion to kill people. A compulsion. Yeah, I do it. Sam. I don't mean just once or twice. Every once in a while, I just do it. And this has gone on ever since, uh, for a long time. And I know I'm fucked up. I've read all the books, almost everything about uh, people like me, people who do this stuff, and I can't... I want to stop, and I'm trying so hard. 
I'm trying so hard right now, but there's this guy, there's this one guy, and I just want to, for months now, uh, but I've not done it. Because I, uh, because I can't, I, you, I wish you knew what it was like to live like this. It's not like what they say, right, where he's like a, have you seen Silence of the Lambs, where he's like a robot? <gasps> it's not like that. Sam. Sam. Unlock this chain. I'm going to walk out of here and go back to my office. No. We already tried that. It didn't work without me telling you the truth. It, it will be different now that I know the truth. You will come to my office two, three days a week. I cannot help you like this. This is just going to make it worse. Let me go. I know you'd have to turn me in. No, 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 no. I would not have to turn you in. Legally, ethically... Unless you told me you were going to commit another crime, I can work with you. Everything you've told me so far is confidential. I am going to commit another crime. I know I'm not normal, but I don't feel crazy. I'm not... I know this has to end, right? This has to stop. I just, I don't know how. So I think here, you know, Sam makes a compelling case that he recognizes that what he's doing is wrong and that he wants help to stop it. And you can, like, it doesn't seem like a total ruse. Like, there's not really anything he gains by having Dr. Strauss chained up in bed and, like, in his basement and, like, having these sessions. So I think there is some genuine desire. What we don't really get is why. Like, why does he feel like it needs to stop? Does he actually feel like it's something wrong? Like, he feels like a moral sense of that this is a wrong thing to do, or he has a sense of guilt, or is it that he knows he's going to get caught eventually and he's trying to avoid prison or, you know, other consequences. So it's kind of unclear, like, what his motives are for wanting to stop, though there, it is clear that he does seem to genuinely want to change his behavior. I agree. There's a lot going on in this clip yeah. that we just listened to, right? Like, so much comes up, and I feel like, you know, you kind of have to toggle between the characters. I do like with Dr. Strauss, like, he for the most part, remains very calm. Mm -hmm. And he tries to be still, like, very, like, factual. He still tries to, like, validate, like, okay, like, you know, I I was telling the truth when I said that therapy can work. It can work for you. And now that I know the truth, right, we can move forward. And, um, and you know, I do like how he stays calm. One of my questions I had going into the show was, is Dr. Strauss going to, like, play along? Like, right. is he going to try to give this man therapy? Is he going to resist, right? So we're starting to get a sense of that. And then with Sam, you know, I agree. It's like he says he knows he's in the wrong and he knows and he wants to stop. But we don't really know like why. We don't know what the motivating factor for that is. We just know that he does want to make a change. Um, and I agree. It seems like that piece of it, that wanting to make a change is genuine, is real. That's why he's gone to to Dr. Strauss. Um, I think also interestingly, you know, he talks about like all this research he's done. Like he's read a lot mm -hmm. of books about fictional characters and non-fictional people um, and, you know, he brings up Silence of the Lambs, which we've also talked about on the podcast. Yeah. So, you know, just like a very interesting first scene here where um, Sam is kind of pulling back the curtain, revealing his truth and kind of putting out his goals for treatment. We always talk about that in the first session. It's kind of like, OK, what are your goals for treatment? Sam's is that he wants to stop serial killing. <laughs> so, you know, definitely interesting premise. But I, I do like how this scene kind of brought up a lot of different things very early on. Yeah. And I think it's interesting, the concept of Dr. Strauss saying, you know, if you if we can go back to my office, we can do like normal therapy. And they get into this. I don't know if we'll listen to this clip later, but they get into how like Dr. Strauss tried to explain, like, we can't have a real therapeutic relationship if I don't feel safe and there's not trust in this relationship, which 100 percent. But he's kind of his hands are tied, literally. Um, well, his hands aren't tied. His feet are tied. But like <laughs> he's stuck between this. Like, if I don't try to do therapy ish with this person, he is going to keep killing people. So it's like, even though he wants to kind of say, like, I'm not going to do this because it's not helpful. He's also like, it's the only choice I have almost, unless I'm just okay with knowing that this person's going to go out and keep trying to kill people. So he gets kind of stuck in this dilemma and ends up deciding to kind of help him in the best way that he can in the circumstance. But also this whole idea of if Sam had really admitted this to him in the office, and there's this question of like, well, would you have to turn me in and report things? And Dr. Shaw's like, well, no, as long as you tell me you're not going to do it. And immediately he's like, oh, but I definitely am. Yeah. So. <laughs> 
Yeah, that definitely brings up an interesting wrinkle. And I don't know you about you, Dr. Fran, but people often will ask, because this is something that comes up where people reveal something to their therapist um, and, you know, it's protected by confidentiality, which we've talked about before, you know, with the ethical code of conduct. We've also talked about just like ethics and laws and things of that nature in previous sessions. Um, but here, what Dr. Strauss is alluding to when he says, you know, I don't have to turn you in unless you're going to commit another crime. Unfortunately, then Sam does say, oh, I am going to. That falls under what we would call the duty to warn or the duty to protect. And this is when a patient has communicated that they are making an explicit threat um, of imminent serious harm or death to a clearly identified victim or target, right? So this is like if you were in the office with someone and they say, I want to kill my husband and I have a plan to shoot them and I'm definitely, you know, they kind of endorse intent and you know who the person is and they want to act on this. Um, that would be, that would fall under the purview of duty to warn or protect. Um, so this really is to help protect therapists or um, psychologists or other mental health professionals from civil and criminal liability for failure to report as long as they act in what we call quote unquote good faith. So based on the information that they have. And this is a very... Um, it can be very complicated because it does vary by state whether or not you are mandated mm -hmm. to report this or warn the intended victim or not. Yeah, I think in most states it's at least required that you report to someone, but it's not yeah. always required that you as a therapist directly like try to reach the person who might be in danger. That's where like some of that varies by state. People yes. may have heard of like the Tarasoff v. California. Um, so that's something we can link if you're wanting to learn more about like how this came about. Um, but in this case, I think it's interesting because I actually don't know if right now it rises to the level of reporting. Also, the way Dr. Strauss says True. it, he says, if you're going to commit another crime, not any crime falls under this. It's only ones that are relevant to like imminent risk of harm to someone else. Like if he's like, oh, I'm going to go like rob somewhere. That's not actually technically something that we legally have to report unless we are concerned about it there being specific harm that would be um, done to someone. But in this case, he hasn't yet identified a specific victim, a specific plan about how he's going to do it, any like access to weapons. So right now, like Dr. Strauss would actually need more information before he would kind of reach the level of like having to legally report it in my understanding of it. I agree with that. I think he was trying to be, you know, kind of vague and hopeful in that Sam would maybe be like, oh, okay, you don't have to report me. I'll let you go. Right. Which right. obviously, um, Sam has given this some thought because he like, you know, you kind of get the sense as you're watching that he's really putting this plan into place. Mm -hmm. Like he's read his books, he targeted him, he brought him home, the house was prepared for his arrival. So this is something he's been thinking about for a while. Um, and I don't think he's going to just free um, uh, Dr. Strauss, even though he says this thing. I think also it's kind of interesting because they're both being kind of vague, right? Sam puts it out there that he has killed people and he will kill again. Um, but then later we'll say things like, you know, like, oh, I just don't want to like do it anymore or crime or they kind of start to use like vague terms for murder. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so it might, that might also be Dr. Strauss's way of distancing himself from what he just heard or kind of throwing it back at Sam by saying like, oh, I don't have to tell anyone you've murdered people <laughs> unless you're going to murder again. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to keep it a little bit more calm and yeah. <laughs> vague. But, you know, so I agree with you in this case, Dr. Fran, like Sam at this point hasn't said there's a specific person that he wants to hurt. I think it kind of is a little bit on the border here because Sam does mention just having thoughts like that, you know, kind of brought him to have Dr. Strauss here in kind of feeling frustrated about a certain man at a restaurant. We'll learn more about that later. But he vaguely mentions that. But I agree. At this time, Dr. Strauss definitely needs more information to go on before he would have to report anything or know what to report or if there was anyone of particular in particular danger. Yeah. But it makes sense from Sam's perspective, I guess, that like to make sure he doesn't report, he is keeping him chained in his basement. Yes. And as we'll see with Sam, Sam has a certain way of thinking about a lot of things, right? Where he has this like, like way of like how he thinks things need to proceed or need to be done. Um, and he does think that this is the best way to proceed, even though Dr. Strauss tries to tell him like, this isn't going to really be therapeutic or helpful. And I kind of agree, right? Because you have someone chained. You mentioned, um, Dr. Fran, the stakes are pretty high. Like now Dr. Strauss has this kind of pressure to not let Sam go and hurt anyone, but also himself. If he refuses to help this man, right? Like mm -hmm. this is someone you know that is killing people, right? So now it's kind of this like forced situation where he's being forced to help you in a way that, you know, who knows if it's really going to um, be in your best benefit is what if Sam really wants that, right? When you're kind of forcing this man by kidnapping him. 
And threatening him. Yeah, and it's a lot of pressure that poor Dr. Strauss ends up under. Like, one, just dealing with the fear of being kidnapped by someone you know as a murderer, but then also putting all this pressure on himself to be the one reason that Sam might not kill someone again. And as the season progresses, you know, Sam has mentioned he has killed several people. He doesn't say how many, but he's like, I've done it before in the past, right? And I'm going to do it again. As the season progresses, there are several people that become kind of like Sam's target. And so we'll talk a little bit more about some of those situations as well and how Dr. Strauss really tries to go about treating Sam. Yeah, it actually comes up in the very next episode pretty early on. So let's take a listen to how Sam talks about it and how Dr. Strauss kind of deals with him disclosing some of the things that he's been thinking about with this person. I don't know if other people have this. Do other people have this? People get obsessed with interactions they've had, yes. I I went back to the restaurant the same night and I parked across the street and I waited until they closed I've never done anything that they could trace back to me, but that night, I, I was like, I didn't do it. How do you think you managed that? I don't know. I didn't want to get caught. I guess that helped. You said this was about four months ago? Yeah. Just before you came to talk to me, and you thought I could help you not hurt him. Mm-hmm. I need a pen and paper for notes. I really thought through all the things that you were going to need here. I'm going to need a pen and paper. I'm not going to attack you with a piece of paper. <laughs> and you can find a pen that doesn't worry you. The restaurant guy. The more time that passes the less anyone would connect me with that place. I think it's important to note that you did not hurt him. But I want to. I want to right now. You asked me to talk to you first. I am talking to you. It's not really helping. I There's a few things that, well, at this point, Dr. Strauss has obviously agreed to somewhat do therapy and needs like a pen and paper, um, <laughs> which is not, I don't think, a ruse. I think he actually genuinely does want a pen and paper so he can take some notes, um, though I guess he only has one client right now, so it's probably not too hard to keep track of everything. <laughs> true, but he's under distress or like duress, so his thoughts might be a little <laughs> hard to That's keep. true. That's true. Um, but I, there's a few things that he does here that I like. I think he he tries to identify like what were the reasons that he didn't act on it of like what you know are there any strengths we can pull any coping skills like what was the motivating factor behind him not doing it and all we really get from Sam is he didn't want to get caught. So again, we're kind of trying to figure out like what's the motivation here like what are things that might sway his behavior. Um, and then Dr. Strauss also tries to play up the strengths of like, okay, like you have a successful time where you didn't act on these impulses and these urges and you came to talk to me first, like we talked about, um, and highlighting the use of like the therapeutic relationship and highlighting like his successful use of that in that situation to avoid engaging in that behavior. Yeah, I agree with that. I think, you know, here, Dr. Strauss also mentions like, um, you know, it's been four months, you came to see me. So he's really trying to give him like, I think, praise and credit too for like seeking help and doing, you know, trying to look for other ways to not hurt people um, since they're early on in their work together. I think also interestingly too, like early on, Dr. Strauss and Sam had kind of made what Dr. Strauss called like a quote unquote therapy agreement when he had asked Sam like, okay, if we're going to do this, if we're going to work together, I'm asking you not to commit any acts of violence before you come and talk to me. And so we hear Sam allude to that. Like, Mm -hmm. well, you said not to do anything. I'm thinking about it right now. Like I want to kill him now, but I'm here talking to you about it. Um, so, you know, he's also kind of giving him credit for that, for coming and like discussing this. I think also interesting to highlight in the beginning of this clip, Sam is first like really delving into like his quote unquote issue and talking about the obsessions that he has. Right. So he talks about how he had this interaction with a guy at the Greek restaurant and 
throughout the season, throughout the show, food is really important to Sam. It's like his job. It's how he tries to bond with Dr. Strauss, always bringing him different meals. Um, and so he's at the Greek restaurant and he has an interaction with this man that he thinks is really rude. And this is what he's like focused on and can't stop thinking about and thinking yeah. about wanting to kill this guy. And so to Sam, he's really having what he thinks are these like obsessions with people, interactions with people that then lead to like this compulsion to kill. Right. Um, and we'll kind of, those are like very, I think those are very like psychologically jargony words, right? You hear those words a lot. So we'll get into a little bit more about what those mean. And if we think that's also what's going on, or even if Dr. Strauss really thinks that's what's going on with Sam as he's kind of like discussing that. But I think interesting to highlight here what Sam thinks is kind of happening to him. Mm -hmm. And you can't see this from the clip though. you may be able to hear it a little bit is that he is having a hard time talking about this. And he like is visibly kind of you know, nervous, like maybe a little fidgety. He's like playing with his hands. He seems like it's a hard thing to talk about. So again, there's this kind of like, even like he says, right, there's like a difference between, you know, how we typically think of like a serial killer or a psychopath, like being very like dry and very um, like serious and not having a lot of emotion and being kind of robotic, like he says. But in Sam's case, we're kind of seeing a little bit more of this, like he's emotional and, and he is having a hard time speaking about this. And you can see kind of like the challenge that is coming up for him and like regulating those feelings. I feel like he also looks like, like what you're saying, like kind of fidgety and all that. I also get the sense he's a little bit agitated, right? Like this is something he's never talked to anyone about. He's had these thoughts and feelings. And then what usually happens is that he impulsively acts on them. And so now here he is where he wants to go and kill this guy, but instead he has to come and talk to Dr. Strauss, right? Cause this is what he's agreed to and he's trying it, but you can tell he's like agitated. I feel like it's partly like, okay, here I am talking about killing this guy when all I want to do is kill this guy. And this isn't really helping yet. Right. We don't know if it's going to help, but I get the impression that's how Sam feels is like, um, I do think that Sam, interestingly, as a patient, he's not always very forthcoming. You know, Dr. Strauss always calls him out for being pretty vague. He's not very insightful, right? He doesn't have a good connection between like his thoughts and his emotions. And, you know, even as we'll learn like different things from his past and all that, he's not very insightful. He's not very open. He, you know, he's kind of trying to learn to trust the process and, you know, engage in therapy. But I do think that typically when Dr. Strauss makes a recommendation, he does try, you know, so Dr. Strauss said, like, please come talk to me before. Here is Sam trying. And I think we kind of see that discomfort mm -hmm. in that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good point of kind of bringing up the lot. Like sometimes we'll talk about like chat, like difficulty with insight, mm -hmm. uh, like psychological insight between like the connections between thoughts, feelings, behaviors. It could also even be like ability to kind of understand like why one's behaving a certain way. Like there's kind of a lot of different ways we can define insight in the psychological context. Um, there's a, a scene where Sam comes goes back to the restaurant and then comes and tells Dr. Strauss about it. And, and, you know, Dr. Strauss is kind of interpreting and trying to understand like, where do these, why does this um, like rage come up? And it was trying to, it's trying to identify themes, right? Like, so is it like that with all of them? Like, did they do something that made you want to teach them a lesson? Because that's what he comes back to is like, this guy was smug. He was, he was a jerk and I want to teach him a lesson. And so Dr. Strauss is like, is that a theme? Is that like, what is connecting all of these behaviors? And to Sam, it, it's yes, it's every one of them deserved it. And I think that again, kind of highlights this lack of insight and lack of kind of understanding of himself, but also others. So he's had this kind of like distorted sense of right and wrong of like, you know, someone was mean to me and now I have to kill them. It's like very out of uh, proportion to the behavior that he got from them. But then also a lack of like empathy and understanding and like being able to recognize that maybe they were just having a bad day or, you know, that that doesn't necessarily warrant this like big reaction. I think this goes back to earlier what I was talking about with Sam is this pattern of thinking that is highlighted throughout the show like with him talking and I think you're right Dr. Fran it's like it's kind of highlighting his like distorted sense of like what's right and wrong and kind of like his way of thinking and he does say that the people he has killed deserved it or he even says like you know he wants to teach them like he wants to teach them how they should like treat others and be around others but his way of kind of teaching them this lesson is then to murder them right so yeah there's definitely right <laughs> this disconnect there um and also it's like his sense of like he is the one that gets to decide if they're rude to him or if they're going to also treat others poorly and then he kind of acts on this kind of his form of justice um and so i think that this is something that pops up again and again in dr strauss's work with sam especially yeah, there's some scenes where he definitely comes off as a bit childish almost of like not having fully like developed yeah. some of this sense of understanding of himself in the world and, and Dr. Strauss really having to kind of meet him where he's at and 
kind of teach him these things and then talk about things in this way. So Dr. Sam alluded to this a little bit earlier, but I think a, a, a hypothesis someone might have in hearing the words that Sam uses, like obsessions and compulsions, is like those are typically words we think of and use when we're talking about like obsessive compulsive disorder or, or OCD. Um, so that is kind of like a question that comes up at the beginning, at least for me, of like, is this really what we think is happening or do we think it's something else? I think in order to dive into that, we can kind of talk a little bit about what we would expect to see with someone with OCD and kind of then what we're seeing with Sam as we usually do and kind of see if those things are actually matching up. Um, I did want to add just quickly, you said something, Dr. Fran, that like jogged this in my memory, but Sam is also like his job is to be a health inspector for restaurants. And so that's why he's also really into food and goes to all these places. But it's also very unfortunate because that's a job that you could imagine would be met by others with some friction, right? Or conflict. And so right. he's like often agitated by others, which I think only fuels this like fire and these like kind of compulsions and obsessions. And especially as the show progresses, we see more and more of that, um, so kind of going back to OCD, though, like what are obsessions? What are compulsions? When we talk about it, obsessions are reoccurrent or persistent thoughts, urges or images that are experienced. Um, and at some time, you know, during the person experiencing these thoughts, they're seen as intrusive, unwanted, and in a lot of people cause really a lot of anxiety or distress. Yeah. And typically with obsessions, we're also seeing people try to like ignore or like suppress the thoughts um, or try to neutralize them in some way by doing some type of behavior or by performing some type of what we call compulsion. It doesn't always have to be a physical behavior that other people can see. Sometimes it can also be internal, um, but it would be some kind of repetitive behavior or mental act that is supposed to stop the obsession or get rid of it or to neutralize it in some way. The actual, the point actually being that potentially what they're thinking about doesn't come true because they're doing this compulsion. Um, so people will often think of the examples of someone who has obsessions about like things being dirty. Um, and then like the compulsion there is like washing their hands to make sure that they're not getting sick from whatever the bacteria is or whatever they might be concerned about. So hypothetically, what's being insinuated here is that Sam has obsessions to kill people. And then his compulsion is to kill people, but that doesn't actually <laughs> fit with the, what we just described of what like an obsession and a compulsion is in relationship to that. Exactly. So, you know, even though Sam is describing having obsession, so he may possibly be having these kind of persistent thoughts or images about, you know, wanting to murder people or harm people. It does not, at least what we can see thus far, that piece isn't really the piece that seems to be causing him like distress, at least not in the way that we might see for others. So other people, there there are people who have OCD that do have thoughts or images that are intrusive and cause a lot of distress related to hurting others. So someone might have a thought mm -hmm. like, oh, I've been having really um, upsetting thoughts about wanting to kill my neighbor or a loved one or someone I met. And they're very stressed out by this because they don't understand it. They don't want to act on it. Um, and so they go and they seek help. What we're seeing with Sam is, you know, he kind of knows that he shouldn't act on these um, thoughts about killing others, but he's not really like, I don't want to use a double negative. I was going to say he doesn't not, not want to. Like there is some desire to, com <laughs> to commit that act of murder. Right. There's something else that we don't quite understand yet that is like leading him to seek treatment. So I feel like that's where this disconnect is. Yeah, a more common compulsion would be doing something to stop yourself from potentially acting on yes. the thought. Like compulsion wouldn't actually be acting on the thought. Mm -hmm. So that's why it kind of like is a disconnect there. Like he is, I would almost use the word more like ruminating. And like he is obsessing, but he's like ruminating or like kind of like getting stuck on the same thought over and over and over again and kind of can't let it go. And I would describe his behaviors as more of like either impulses or urges to engage in this behavior. And it's almost like his his like thoughts, the things he's ruminating on, they're not, they're not really like, oh, I'm having this thought about murder. And that's what I'm thinking on. Really, the thing he's like thinking on and obsessing on is like something that this person did, and why they kind of deserve to be murdered, right? So that's also like, I think mm -hmm. a piece of it potentially. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, he's not have going to sleep being like, oh, I just have these random thoughts about murdering people as he's actually having the, the rumination is about the interaction about how this person is terrible and deserves something really bad and needs to be taught a lesson. That's more of the obsessive or the ruminative thoughts that he's having. And then his solution is to murder them, right? As he's done in the right. past. So. 
So if not OCD, then I think our, our natural thought goes to antisocial personality disorder or something like it, um, which we do do a deep dive on in um, our episodes on the TV show You, as well as Silence of the Lambs. So definitely we won't do a deep dive on that again today, but we recommend checking those out. But just in quick summary, to meet uh, criteria for ASPD, you would need at least three of the following. They would have to have a disregard and violation for the rights of others. I would say Sam probably meets this because he kidnapped Dr. Strauss and has been murdering people. Definitely. They would need to be deceitful, which Sam also is. Impulsive. I would say so. Yes. Irritable or aggressive. Yes. That seems to come up for him. Disregard for the safety of others. I think that's automatic when you're murdering people. Yes. Uh, some level of irresponsibility. I would say yes and no. I mean, he's able to hold down a job, but sure. there's that one's kind of maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, lack of remorse, and this could either be like indifferent about impact on others or like rationalizing hurt caused by others. And he kind of does that. I mean, what we just yes. talked about of kind of rationalizing like, well, they deserved it because they were mean to me or because they were rude. Um, yeah. So need to be taught a lesson. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. So. I would say this seems to fit a bit better for Sam than OCD. I agree. I think we definitely are seeing these things more. And even as we get to know Sam, I think like, you know, if we were playing diagnosis bingo, we kind of get the dings for these different diagnostic criteria. But as we get to know more and more about Sam, these are even further highlighted. Like he, you know, as we'll talk about, there is even greater demonstration Mm -hmm. of aggressiveness, right? Um, I think the impulsivity is interesting because he is very impulsive um, oftentimes, but he also does have some fear of getting caught which leads to him like kind of, you know, like he didn't just kill that restaurant guy on the spot when he was mad, but he goes, he ruminates, thinks about it, and then returns in a way that possibly returns, right? Like with his other victims in a way that he won't get caught. But there still is a large level of impulsivity, um, even though he does have some planned actions as well. But this is a much better fit, you know, from what we're learning about Sam versus like what Sam is kind of like, again, almost in his own way, maybe he's rationalizing like his experience um, versus like what we really see with him. Yeah. And we, and we won't talk about treatment for ASPD today. Uh, we do talk a little bit, I think in the silence of the lambs episode um, with Dr. Adam uh, coffee on different treatments that might be out there for this population. But we do see what Dr. Strauss at least tries and, and how that kind of works or doesn't work. We don't know explicitly, you know, we don't hear Dr. Strauss talk about like, this is the type of therapy I'm doing or, you know, um, but when Dr. Fran and I were watching, we were trying to think like, okay, what kind of treatment modalities or types or what kind of strategies or approaches is Dr. Strauss using in his approach with Sam? And so we kind of thought that maybe we're seeing a little bit of a dialectical behavioral therapy or DBT approach, um, which we've also talked about in some sessions in the past. But really when we say DBT, this type of therapy focuses on helping people accept the quote unquote reality of their lives and their behaviors and really helps them to learn to change their lives, including their unhelpful behaviors. Yeah, this treatment was originally developed for people with suicidal thoughts and self-harm behaviors. And so if we kind of use that same framework, you could think about, okay, can we help someone with homicidal impulses or behaviors? Um, And it really centers on this idea that there's a skills deficit for folks who struggle with a really deep sense of emotion dysregulation. And the idea is to help folks build some of those skills. And I could see where pieces of this might work for Sam, or you could yeah. think that they might work because he does seem to struggle with emotion regulation and does seem to, in a lot of different ways, lack some skills that potentially could be taught. Um, so, you know, even we talked about that, like therapy agreement, that's actually something pretty common that can be done in DBT to actually say, like, you are going to agree that you are not going to engage in self-harm behaviors or suicidal behaviors while we're working together. And if you start having those impulses to do that, you're going to call me and we're going to talk through it. And so that's like a few times, even um, later in the season, Dr. Strauss tells Sam, like, go to work when you're having this impulse, try to distract yourself. And if you start to think about it, call me. And he does. Yeah, he does. And that's actually called phone coaching in DBT. It's like a very commonly used strategy for helping folks manage when they have like very overwhelming urges to self-harm or engage in other problematic behaviors to actually use a therapeutic relationship to help think through what strategies can I use to get through this. 
I feel like if I had found myself in a situation similar to Dr. Strauss, I would also take this approach, right? Because yeah. I think just what you're saying, Dr. Fran, um, we can really see how this could be helpful. This focus on emotion regulation, on distress tolerance, and also that interpersonal, that, and also interpersonal relationships. Mm-hmm. I think those are all things that are really highlighted in some of the difficulties that Sam is demonstrating or in the issues that Sam has. Um, you know, the distress tolerance piece, someone is mean to him and he automatically, you know, wants to kill them, yeah. right? Or we even see like in some of his sessions with Dr. Strauss, he'll just become upset and he walks out or he leaves. Mm-hmm. Um, we we see Dr. Strauss like try to get him to engage in different like coping strategies or skills that might help him when he's feeling distressed, right? Like they talk about, we learn at one point that um, Sam is a big Kenny Chesney fan. Mm-hmm. So they start to try to learn, okay, like let's go listen to some country music. Sam tries that. But oftentimes he really needs a lot of guidance like yeah. Dr. Strauss or even sometimes Sam's mother who... Spoiler alert, we actually haven't talked about mom yet, but she just lives upstairs and is aware that Dr. Strauss is in the basement doing therapy with her son who is a serial killer. So oftentimes also having to enlist her help to get Sam to engage in more useful strategies than murder. Yeah, and absolutely. Again, this is where I think the the childlike or like immature piece comes in of like, this is someone who has a really hard time doing this on his own. And so like having Dr. Strauss there to like walk him through these strategies or having his mom, like there's a moment where she's like, go to bed and you'll feel better. And he's like, yes, mom. And Mm -hmm. like kind of does that. So again, this kind of like interesting uh, dynamic there with mom. Absolutely. But also, yeah, Dr. Strauss will use like the distraction technique a lot of like, okay, go to work, go. Um, He at some point tells him to go to talk to his ex-wife. And that's another DBT Mm -hmm. skill of distracting with actually opposite emotion or a different emotion um, because he knows that that will elicit some type of reaction from him that will hopefully be a different emotion than like the rage he's feeling towards wanting to like kill this person. Very true. We see all of those. And and that's kind of how he describes it to Sam, too, related to the ex-wife. is like, you know, kind of go see your ex-wife. That will kind of get you in a different emotional space, right? You'll feel different things. And again, to Sam's credit, we can't give him a lot of credit because he is like a serial killer and he has his therapist kidnapped. But to his credit, as a patient, he does really try Mm -hmm. to do these strategies. He goes and sees his ex-wife. He calls Dr. Strauss, you know. There are a lot of times where we can see the effort that he's making to follow treatment recommendations, you know, kind of, again, putting us in that that complex place of like, okay, like he is really trying. He does want this help, even though we don't understand all the motivations necessarily. Yeah. And I think that's maybe two places where I feel like Dr. Strauss doesn't hit the mark is one, like he doesn't spend a lot of time trying to understand the motivation in terms of like, why does he want to stop? And he kind of does this mm-hmm. strategy. Um, we may listen to this clip, but where he wants... Sam to stop harming because he wants to protect him to protect his mom. We don't actually know that that's a motivating factor for him. So I think like getting more information on like what is valuable to Sam, what's a motivating factor for him, like what drives him and trying to capitalize on that might have been a helpful strategy. What Dr. Fran is referring to is something that we often use in therapy, you know, motivational techniques Mm -hmm. where we learn what is most important to the person that will drive their behavior. And that's often used in creating behavior change, right? And that's what really... Sam is looking for. He wants to decrease his murder (laughs) or his like engagement in murder. So, you know, also a behavior change, but we don't really understand that motivation. And I think Dr. Strauss is kind of guessing because when they're talking about his experience with, um, well, when Sam is sharing his experience being abused, he talked about like not being able to protect himself or protect his mom. And I think Dr. Strauss just takes that as like an inference, like, oh, maybe that's something that's important to him, protecting his mom, right? And so he's like, let's think about not committing murder as a way to protect your mom. Does that strategy work for Sam? Not really. No, it doesn't, unfortunately. And things get really dark related to trying that technique, we'll say. So related to that session, when Sam shares, you know, about being abused with his dad, this is something that Sam mentioned actually in their first meeting. So before he kidnapped Dr. Strauss, um, when he was going by the name Gene, Sam does talk to Dr. Strauss about having been abused by his father. So this is something that throughout therapy, Dr. Strauss is trying to get more information about getting, you know, trying to get Sam to process and talk about more. So let's listen to a little bit of Sam sharing more information about that. Your mother told me that he left. Can you tell me about that? He left us. How old were you? Fourteen. What do you remember about that? He 
left us, so he didn't hit me anymore. Did you see him after that? Is this the house you grew up in? <clears throat> yep. Do you have memories? Of, like, did he hurt you in this room? If I was in this room, it was in this room. And you'd be here. And he'd say something that I was supposed to do. And if I didn't do it within one second, I didn't know what he meant sometimes. I, he was, <laughs> I needed time to think, but like one time, he got a whole load of grout for the kitchen and the bathroom, and he got a deal, right? So we ordered a ton of it, and it came in these boxes. And he was yelling at me, break him down, screaming, break him down. I didn't know what he meant, because I'd never heard that before, and because he, he wasn't pointing at the boxes. And he just, he just went at me. Like he did. You said your mom got it too. She's a good mother. She made me sandwiches every day. She did the laundry. It's a terrible situation for a mother and a son. I think this kind of picks up where we were just talking about, and it does show Dr. Strauss trying to get a better understanding of Sam's history and how that might influence his behavior now or how it might influence like his relationship with his mom and different pieces like that. And, you know, really leveling with him and validating and understanding like, wow, that was, that is a really tough situation for any kid and parent to be in together of having like a very abusive father and um, sometimes unexpectedly or randomly so, and not really having any understanding of why that behavior is happening. And um, it is a, it's a sad scene to hear that this had happened. We also see how difficult it is for Sam to talk about these mm -hmm. things, right? Again, we kind of are sensing that hesitancy, short answers, but then he is starting to open up a little bit and share some very salient and very unfortunate memories that he has about being um, abused by his father, you know, in a situation that you could really imagine any child, right? Like being yelled at for not understanding something that's being asked of them and then that turning into, you know, being physically harmed by his parents. So obviously very sad. And also, you know, I think important to the work that Dr. Strauss and Sam are doing to, you know, better learn, you know, about Sam's history, more about Sam's feelings, kind of more about he thinks and sees his current experiences as well. And also important to highlight, like we do in many of our sessions, that people that have a history of having been abused, you know, don't always respond in the same way, right? Um, and this is something that's difficult for people to talk about in therapy regardless. And also just because Sam is saying that he was abused by his father and Dr. Strauss is wanting to get to you know, understand that more. It doesn't mean that that's necessarily 100% why he's killing people. And people that kill people have not all been abused. So just wanting to highlight, you know, that there are always nuances here, even though this is kind of really the, the alley that Dr. Strauss is trying to like get to know more about and go down with him. You know, I think uh, Dr. Strauss is really missing an opportunity to do a goodwill hunting scene here where he says, it's not your fault. <laughs> it's not your fault. Apparently that cures people as we see in TV shows and movies. So maybe that would help. True. Maybe he should have screamed, it's not your fault, and it's not the other stranger's fault that you're murdering. <laughs> I do think that, uh, you know, we start to get a sense from Do from Sam, from Dr. Sam, haha. Um, <laughs> I do think we start to get a sense, though, of a little bit of an understanding of where some of the, like, emotion regulation difficulties came from, mm -hmm. where some of the difficulties, like, distorted sense of right and wrong, that, like, those things can potentially be explained that, again, does not excuse the behavior of, like, murdering people and, mm -hmm. you know, kidnapping your therapist. But you can understand where some of his other difficulties with emotions and context, that some of those things come from. And therapy would be a totally appropriate place to work on yes. relearning some things and thinking about things in a more helpful way. 
Also here, we start to learn a little bit more about Sam's mother. And so as I mentioned, Sam's mother does live in the upstairs part of the house, and she is apparently aware of all of this. And so, you know, at this point, Dr. Strauss knows also about mom. And so he actually kind of later on in this scene and in this episode, um, mentions that they should do a family session bringing mom in and at first you know sam is hesitant doesn't really want to do that but dr strauss goes on to explain like you know we're all part of family systems like we're like an individual within the system of the family um and changes to the greater system can also affect you know the person or have a profound effect um so he mentions that it might be beneficial to include mom um he also kind of tries to um, tell Sam that this isn't something that you have to do on your own, right? This is something that's difficult for you to stop and you really want to stop killing. And, you know, mom, your mom might be a supportive person who can help. And so he does get Sam to agree and they do have a session with his mom. Yeah, I would not say it's the most effective family session. This We kind of already alluded to this, no. but the, this is where Dr. Strauss tries the strategy of, let's think about a new way to protect your mother by like not acting on this impulse. Um, but it's, it's a little tricky because you see mom be pretty tentative in her language. She's not really saying, like, yes. dad was abusive. She's saying he was a physical man. And you can see how that might negatively or, you know, be challenging for for Sam to hear her talk that way. And, uh, you know, Dr. Strauss tries to mediate and, and slow the session down and, and does the best that he can. But I don't think it is the most effective session. And but I appreciate the idea of like, let's see if we can leverage the relationship with mom. Like here's a successful relationship that you have. Here is a positive relationship that you have. Is there a way that we can leverage this? But I just don't think it's done in the best way in this session. I also do not think it's very helpful. I think we do learn a lot of information. Yeah. So we do see mom kind of doing her own rationalizing, right? Just like we've talked about Sam, like she kind of excuses and rationalize like why Sam is a killer, why she hasn't turned in Sam for his killing. She also like is, it kind of seems like even like rationalizing and making excuse for the father. Um, and you know, I think we talked about in our, our session, um, stepbrother is like enabling, right? I think this is like a prime example mm-hmm. of a mother who is enabling this behavior in her son and kind of excusing it as opposed to, you know, like really doing anything about it. And mom, she kind of expresses throughout the show that like she loves her son, can't possibly turn him in. Um, but she definitely kind of just turns the other cheek or looks away. Um, even as the aggression and violence, like really start to mount and occur in the home with mother aware of it. So this is where things I think take a really like big turn for Dr. Strauss and Sam as well. Yeah, absolutely. So things really kind of climax when Sam becomes very upset with the man he's been talking about from the Greek restaurant. Um, And this is kind of the man that him and Dr. Strauss have been talking about. And Sam really doesn't want to, you know, kill. However, Um, one night Dr. Strauss is woken out of bed with Sam bringing this man whose name is Elias, um, into the house. And he, you know, he kind of has him like taped up, like blindfolded and like, he's like, his arms are taped up and legs and he kind of throws him into a different bedroom. So Sam now has two hostages, Elias and Dr. Strauss. And so, you know, now there's a lot of pressure on Dr. Strauss because he really sees like this potential victim who's there in the other mm-hmm. room and he has a lot of pressure to try to save this man. So him and Sam engage in a therapy session where he's really trying to get him to let go of this other, you know, other victim or this other person that he's kidnapped. So let's give a listen to that scene and then we'll kind of break down what happens from there and if therapy really seems to have been effective thus far. You told me that you get very angry with people who treat you rudely that everyone you hurt somehow deserves what happens to them and i'm starting to think that that's not actually what's going on sam what do you mean what i mean is after everything you went through as a child you are angry as anyone would be who experienced that and that anger has made you violent which is also very human. So really, Sam, you are just looking for people who will serve as an excuse for you to act out those feelings. And the people that you choose, I, I think it's almost random. If you run into someone when you were in that state of mind, I think 
you will find a way to be offended by them. No, you're wrong. Those people, each and every one of those people was a fucking asshole. You weren't there. You were never there. That piece of shit. He acts however he wants. He treats people like shit. I understand why you feel that way. I know that is what you are experiencing. But part of therapy is finding a way to look beyond what you are experiencing in the moment and to search more deeply. Sam, I think this is a great opportunity for you to search more deeply. I know it's what you want. I know it's why we are both here right now. I want you to consider what I just told you. May I tell you something more? I don't know. I think you are angry because of what your father did, like you always said. But I think it connects with your father on deeper levels as well. You said that he would beat you if you didn't do exactly what he said instantly, if you even took a moment to think about it. Isn't that what you said? Mm-hmm. So that was like his reason to hurt you in his mind. But then that got into your mind. So you, you think that there is a reason that all of these people are behaving this way towards you, when in reality, they're just going about their business. They didn't do anything to provoke your attacks any more than you did to provoke your father. He was just a violent, out-of-control abuser. You were responsible. You were just a little boy. Elias Petraki in there? He didn't do anything to deserve this either. He's just a guy who cooks manages a Greek restaurant, makes food that you like. He got into a little tangle with you over an inspection, and he might have looked at you funny or been obnoxious or disrespectful. He looked at me... He looked at me like I was... This... This son of a bitch. You know, it doesn't... It doesn't... It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Sam. He's, he's, he's... I want you to bring Elias out here so the three of us can talk. Dr. Sam and I, obviously we know what happens, but we're both like, no, don't do it. I mean, even when I watched this the first time, I was like, that is such a horrible idea to bring him out here. Like, Sam's clearly still very agitated. Yes. He's clearly very angry, and it's just, it's not a good idea. Uh, But I do think there's other pieces about this clip that are useful. I think Dr. Strauss was trying, his intent was to bring out, you know, the cook and have try to elicit some empathy, right? He wanted to paint this guy as just a a guy, a human, another person, right? Like that was his intent. However, it, you know, spoiler alert, it does backfire horribly. Um, But I agree. There are a lot of kind of positives to this clip. You know, I think in this, Dr. Strauss is trying really hard to validate Mm -hmm. um, Sam's emotions. He's saying like, you know, like, I I understand that you're angry. Like, I, you know, I understand what you've gone through, Um, you know. And also he's trying to really validate like that Sam's experiences with his father were horrible. And that, yes, he was just a little boy. This is kind of maybe the Goodwill Hunting moment. It's not your fault, right? (laughs) Like, just a lot more uh, (laughs) soft-spoken. Yeah, I agree. And I think a lot of his interpretations here make sense and are kind of putting more into context why Sam is behaving the way that he is. And it's not really that these people deserve it, but that it's that he's wanting an excuse to like take out his anger or even that he, again, has this distorted sense of what's okay and what's not, what what, um, warrants an aggressive, violent response versus what doesn't. Um, And what he's trying to do with bringing Elias out is like, empathy building and perspective taking of like, if you can put Mm -hmm. yourself in his shoes and recognize that he's just a cook, he's just a normal person. And he happened to be a little weird with you that day, then maybe that will help him not feel like he deserves to die. Unfortunately, they bring Elias out and, you know, Sam just like in the middle, like really, you can kind of tell from the vibe of the whole scene. Like you mentioned, Dr. Fran, like Sam is just very agitated. He's not really ready for mm-hmm. this. And so as Dr. Strauss is getting Elias to like open up and just share about his family and things like that, Sam does snap and jumps over and 
strangles Elias to death in front of Dr. Strauss with Dr. Strauss screaming for his mom to come and help and nothing really can stop him. Yeah. So Sam, spoiler alert, you know, does go on to kill Elias in this scene. And I think really you kind of can almost foreshadow because as Dr. Strauss is kind of sharing these insights with Sam, Sam doesn't really seem ready to no. hear this. Like even as, you know, I think Dr. Strauss has the intent to like help him and try to validate his emotions and, you know, kind of, give him some explanation for why he thinks Sam is feeling the way he feels. But Sam is kind of resistant to this, even as he's talking about it, like saying like, no, you're wrong. Right. Like he's not really ready to process that information. And he's definitely not ready to bring in his intended victim in this moment. Yeah. And you know, it's hard to fault Dr. Strauss because he's in, he's acting under duress yeah. and you know, we're not blaming him. And like, this is not the strategy that we would recommend if someone was in this situation. And there's obviously this sense of like, that he needs to get this solved as quickly as possible. Right. So he might be like jumping kind of ahead of where Sam really is. And unfortunately that ends up meaning that Sam ends up murdering Elias and maybe if they had been able to have this conversation like sooner, then they could have had an impact, but it's just kind of too late at this point. Yeah, but you're right. He doesn't have time, right? It's not like he has weeks to right. work on this goal with Sam. Like this man is blindfolded in the other room and he's screaming to Dr. Strauss, like help me. And he's even saying things like, I don't have much longer. Like I need to get out of here. And he actually is the one that kind of I guess gives the idea to Dr. Strauss because he mentions like, just get me in the room with him. Kind of like, I think his goal is maybe to try to attack Sam. Also probably not the best plan, but like, you know, they're both desperate. Like they are in danger and time is of the essence. So of course we're not faulting anyone for this. I mean, it's a horrible situation to be in, but you know, we do think that Dr. Strauss is making the best of what he can in a very, very, very difficult and hopefully unlikely situation. Yeah, hopefully. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> well, we will. I mean, that's kind of the cliffhanger that we leave episode five on of kind of like, okay, so this horrible thing happened and Dr. Strauss had to witness it and probably feels guilty and responsible and, you know, how he's could, but also still terrified because he has now seen this happen. And so we're kind of left with, okay, how is the rest of the season going to progress? And does Dr. Strauss find a way to prevent this from happening again? Or does it have a different ending? And I have not watched the last five episodes yet. I know Dr. Sam has, but I have a feeling it is not (laughs) going to end well for probably either of them. This is definitely a setback in therapy, Dr. Fran. You know, murder in the session is what we would call a setback, but we'll have to see. You know, like Dr. Strauss is probably feeling like, well, you know, shucks, therapy hasn't been as effective as I would hope. And Sam's probably kind of mad because also therapy, you know, hasn't helped. So we'll definitely have to see where the last five episodes take us. (laughs) You actually just reminded me, there was a comment I was going to make earlier about something that I think Dr. Strauss could do better is highlighting that just because these strategies haven't gotten rid of his obsessions or his like rumination doesn't mean they're not working, right? Like they actually did delay what might've been inevitable for longer than maybe Sam has done before. And I think that's true. That is a promising, right? Like, again, the stakes are high of like, you know, there are certain behaviors where if they happen once, we can move on from that. This is murder. That's like a pretty different situation. But I do think that's something important to highlight that to some extent, some of the skills did work with delaying him and not having him act on those impulses in the moment. And unfortunately, what Dr. Strauss tries in this moment doesn't work in that same way. I think that is an important thing to highlight. And I think that will also come into play, you'll see, as we like kind of cover the last five um, episodes of the season, because I think that's part of Sam's frustration too, right? Like he keeps saying like, well, maybe therapy isn't for me. Like therapy's not working. Therapy's not helping. But it's because the stakes are so high. And so he is having a hard time like kind of noticing the gains because unfortunately the outcome was that he still murdered someone. So, you know, I think, but you're right in, in other situations, like these strategies could be very effective. And if the stakes weren't as high as murder, that is a success, right? Like delaying that or, you know, kind of still using the strategies. Um, definitely, unfortunately, you know, here it's just like very, um, it's all much higher stakes. It's all very escalated and it is fiction. Yes. Well, we have not done one of our favorite segments in a while, uh, surprisingly, so we figured we would come back with a special edition of PH Don'ts. This is not a safe place. Sorry, are you going to, like, keep touching me like that? That guy is a total loon. But I cannot talk about my clients. I cannot talk about my clients. Oh, that's it. Great, great job, everybody. Thank you. Don't kidnap your therapists and keep them in your creepy basement. 
and we've said it once, we'll say it again, don't put your patient in the room with the person they want to murder. Especially if they're a serial killer. (laughs) All right. I'm curious for your impressions. If you can try to keep it to the first five episodes, I know you've watched them all, Dr. Sam, but what are your overall impressions of the show? I can keep it. I feel like, you know... um, I like this show so far. I think it's, you know, great acting. Mm -hmm. Steve Carell and Donald Gleason do a really nice job. And I feel like it's interesting because it's so focused on therapy, but with such a, you know, a different spin on it, like a serial killer who wants help, but, you know, is really kind of trying to do his therapy homework and like talking to the therapist and even a therapist who's under like such duress, but really like you kind of still get the sense that they are establishing a relationship and are trying, you know, to like go through therapy. So I think it's interesting. I think it's suspenseful. I really like the acting. I I think overall it's like, it can be a little bit of a slow burn because, you know, we got through the first five episodes, but I do think it is a good show. What about you, Dr. Fran? Yeah, I agree that the acting is really well done. I find it, I found it to be pretty slow of just like, I kind of feel like Mm -hmm. they could do more with it maybe. And that it's so focused on the character development of Steve Carell's character, which will maybe be more relevant later in the series. But like so far, it's just kind of these random background clips of Steve's Carell's character's family and, you know, different things. It's kind of like, what is the purpose of this? So I found it slow, but I'm curious to see how it goes. And I think it's an interesting concept. And then now that we know how we both feel about the show kind of more generally, it's time for our DSM-5, Diagnosing Shows and Movies. So Dr. Fran, what would you rate kind of the therapy that we've seen and the psychological concepts? It's a tricky one, but I'm curious. What is your rating? I mean, I think a lot of what Dr. Strauss does is potentially in line with what someone might do in this type of situation or working with this type of client. But I don't know how accurate, I mean, I think some of Sam's portrayal is accurate in terms of how someone with like a trauma history and abuse history, like having difficulty with emotion regulation and distorted sense of right and wrong, but the, the, the leap to then being a murderous serial killer is um, one of my least favorite things that we see in media. So I would say like a three or a four, three. Yeah, I agree with three, actually. I think, you know, I think the I agree for similar reasons. Dr. Strauss's portrayal, like, I think he's doing a phenomenal job given the situation. Um, And I, I could see how he could be a good therapist. Like, I feel like he's good at rapport building. I feel like he's good at, like, validating emotions. I feel like he's good at getting... Like, you know, Sam to open up. Um, He does use some strategies that may be expected. You know, I feel like um, he probably uses what we may call like a modular approach, kind of pulling from different strategies and different approaches from what we've seen. But like, I do like a lot of that portrayal. Um, And then I agree with Sam. It's like his portrayal, it's like really hard to pinpoint. And yes, people are nuanced and vary. But it's just kind of like he seems, his character's a little all over the place. Like, oh, I'm a serial killer, but I want to stop and I want to get better. And then yes, like, you know, just like kind of linking the trauma history with the serial killing and then like doing that really explicitly like through the treatment, you know, not maybe the most accurate portrayal, but kind of what we see again and again in entertainment. So I agree with the three, I think. Yeah, I think if we were only looking at Dr. Strauss, I would maybe lean towards more of a four. I think the other nice thing that the show does, even though I find it a little boring so far, is humanizing Dr. Strauss by showing that like he has a life outside of it. He has his own challenges. He has his own family. He has his own loss. And so I think that is nice of just humanizing and like making therapists seem like normal people because we are. Mm -hmm. But I think the Sam portrayal drags down the rating a bit for those reasons that we mentioned. And spoiler alert, we will get to know more about Dr. Strauss as the season progresses, and we'll also have additional therapy scenes with a different therapist to analyze. So I am excited to get into those too. (laughs) All right, session is over for the patient. Don't forget to check out our website for resources and glossary of terms. Let us know your thoughts on the patient. Are you enjoying it or have you already finished it? What are your thoughts? We will likely come back with a booster session in the future to figure out what happens with Dr. Strauss and Sam. We'd also love to hear any questions you have about psychology and any requests for movies or TV shows you'd like us to put on the couch. Let us know. Maybe we'll do another poll like we've done in the past. We shall see. And find and follow us on social media at Freud Scripts Pod on all the platforms. We also will highlight our Freudian scripters spotlight there when we have them and other fun things. And please subscribe, rate, and review. Time's up. 
See you next session. We'd like to thank our producer, Brandon. Sometimes. When he's on time. Just kidding. We love you. We love you, Brandon. <laughs> Creative director, Eric. And webmaster, Don. <laughs> that was a good message for Brandon. <laughs> <laughs>